And we're back. That's right. A whole new year. <laughs> I just shot. <laughs> I had to wake him up. <laughs> it's a whole new year and the same thrifty quality you've come to expect from your favorite podcast, the Stand Up Guys podcast. This is episode 125, which sounds like one of those like like kind of mild milestone numbers. Like if this were a comic book issue, they'd be like, ah, oh, we'll give you an extra 12 pages and so we can call it a special issue <laughs> <laughs> before you're canceled. <laughs> uh, but we do hope everybody had a good holiday. Holiday break, uh, a Merry Christmas, a Happy Chanuka, as Smokey Robinson would say. Chanuka. <laughs> Chanuka. Uh, an orgasmic Kwanzaa. <laughs> you know, you were talking like the other week, we were like, you have this conspiracy theory that Kwanzaa is like, a, like Festivus, like a totally like bullshit holiday. And like, that might be true. I don't know. Well, I, I thought the thing was like, at some point it was like a, a holiday for black people in America. And then like they found out it didn't. Like really exists somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, the guy who was like behind Kwanzaa was like pretty racist himself. Like he was like a self-hating black guy. So like he he was yeah he the whole idea is just it's not good to celebrate. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> now I really want to know like the, what the Kwanzaa traditions are. Like I feel like it can't be a great holiday. Or you like at least with Hanukkah, like I vaguely know like you know the lighting of the candles and the eight nights and all that yeah. stuff. Like Kwanzaa, I have no idea like if they have any traditions like, <laughs> yeah, I like you've only had two months to think about this and not look anything <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's too much work if any of our listeners celebrate kwanzaa please please write in tell us what you do <laughs> <laughs> or if like uh and don't cheat don't look anything up if, if you just like if you don't celebrate kwanzaa but you think you know what it is? <laughs> Give us your best, <laughs> your best idea. Um, well, let's see. Before we get going here, I guess I should introduce you guys. Um, uh, joining me as always on this and ever. Well, I guess I never the best <laughs> around. It's my brother, Lester Jones. <sighs> now you've ruined the whole show. <laughs> let's start. <laughs> well, he's got his introduction out of the way. I am, of course, your host, the incomparable Zach Jones. Uh, and, of course, joining us. Now, I got to now, uh, AJ, this year with your introductions, I, I got to uh, change them a little bit so they're all YouTube approved with their oh, new rules. Right, and, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we got the Ninth Wonder, Chocolate Thunder, Eaton female genitalia by the mile <laughs> like it's going <laughs> out of style. Yeah, that sounds way worse. <laughs> the clam slurping, tuna burping, no matter how tired, no matter how hurt, forget about water, you only drink squirt. The phenomenal AJ Singh. I don't like eat them, eat them, you know? <laughs> like, I don't like digest them or anything. <laughs> you got a bowl of <laughs> That's going to be a lead into my first story. <laughs> oh, there's, there's something to look forward to. <laughs> no, but you guys, have you heard about this? So like apparently YouTube, and I guess it doesn't matter for us right now, but maybe in the future is like for people whose videos are monetized, like apparently like They've instituted these new rules that are somewhat vague because I watched a video on it and like some people say like basically if you curse within like the first 8 to 15 seconds or whatever or maybe even 30 seconds like you're automatically demonetized. Mm -hmm. And like even if it was a past video that used to be monetized like overnight it was just like no that video is demonetized now and you can't edit it and do anything about it. You're just screwed I guess. But like this one prominent YouTuber like he put a video out about it. And one of his videos that were demonetized, he watched it. And, like, he didn't curse until, like, five minutes in. Mm -hmm. And there wasn't, like, anything, like, objectionable that he could find, like, before that, you know. So it's, like, I don't understand why YouTube is being so strict. It seems like there's got to be a way around it. Plus, like, you know, there's definitely, like, I get that there's certain advertisers that don't want to be associated with any sort of explicit programming. But there's a lot of advertisers that don't care. You think like Manscaped or like Adam and Eve like care? No, of course not. So like couldn't YouTube at least find like, okay, we got this batch of advertisers that are okay with explicit content. We got – and like it, it just seems like there should be a smart way around this rather than just becoming so like puritanical about cursing and yeah. content. I don't understand it. Well, I mean Elon said a lot of things about Twitter, but he's talking about like kind of some – some kind of like user rating system. And that seems like a way where you could just kind of 
let it moderate itself, maybe. We're just going to start introing every episode with a five-minute theme song. <laughs> okay, we're, we're back. We'll buy some cheap, generic, like $20 song off of crappysongs.net or something. You know, I looked at one of those websites once, because I really did think like we should have a theme song, and part of me still thinks we should, but I listened to a lot of them, and I'm like, there's just no bangers here. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe like, you could just do like the Joe Rogan where it's like a monkey screeching and he's like, Joe Rogan experience. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't get you past the swearing. <laughs> we'll pay some woman to say our, our name like really sexually. <laughs> You're now watching or listening to the stand-up guys. <laughs> it's all downhill from here. <laughs> There's a bunch of dudes with, bon- dudes with boners. <laughs> <laughs> That's our demographic. <laughs> That's who we're bringing in. Lots of dudes with boners. If you're a dude and you got a boner, <laughs> watch up. <laughs> yeah, go, go talk to a psychologist because <laughs> there's better stuff out there, pal. If you need that boner to go down, we're your solution. <laughs> yeah. Got a priopism? No problem. Yeah. We fix the four-hour boner. <laughs> now, guys, if there was any benefit to this this holiday break we took, it's that uh, – I don't know about you guys, but I, I, I watched – I caught up with a lot of television – uh, but I'll go with you guys first. Did you guys uh, watch any good stuff over the break? I got to think about that. I'm not sure. <laughs> watch a lot of stuff. Yeah, I watched Doom Patrol. Pretty good. It's that's, like a half season. That's on my list, yeah. They ended on a cliffhanger, so not my favorite. <laughs> well, yeah, but it is, <laughs> we knew that was to coming. be fair, it's a, yeah, like a half season thing. Hopefully, there's not a big length of time before they pick yeah, them back up. I yeah, I don't know their schedule exactly. But yeah, that continues to be a, a, a great show. I just love like... It shows how diverse like superhero shows can be. Like it's a very quirky show. Um, oh, should we talk about their opening sequence? Oh, sure, go. So they introduced this like obscure character named uh, Codpiece. Codpiece, yeah. and basically got like a a giant laser where his dick goes. Basically, <laughs> and he's shooting at people. But like if you if you Google search the image for Codpiece. Um, like comic there's also ones there's ones where like he's got like one of those old-fashioned drills and he's like drilling into a vault or something there's one where he's got like one of those punching gloves punching a guy in the face <laughs> so it's like a real utility uh cod piece <laughs> i'll be honest I mean, they just use the laser they just use the laser i would have rather seen the boxing glove the return of cod piece <laughs> I don't think we've seen the last of Cod Peas. They also had a guy, I don't know what his name was, but he had like a, a cannon come out of his butthole. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think we might have seen the last of that <laughs> Well, they did bend his cannon pipe. So. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows where that leaves him? That was a little random, but uh, it can't be good for you. <laughs> He's going to need some work done. Uh, well, I guess I'll go through my list and then like if, if you watched any of the same stuff, which I know we have another commonality or... If you guys think of other stuff, you can just uh, toss it in. Uh, so on Netflix, I watched that movie Bullet Train that came out last year that has Brad Pitt in it. Uh, yeah, I was pretty leery. Here's the thing. like, It is an action movie, and I know you're leery of like your action movies, but I do think they take just enough time to kind of give every character a backstory so that you're uh, you know, invested and it's not just pure action. I mean, a lot of action in it, but they at least make you like – give you a backstory of the character so you're somewhat invested it seemed a little bit too like it was trying to be like slapstick and uh action yeah i guess there's some of that but i don't know i i enjoyed it i think um uh david leach is the guy who directed it who's done things like deadpool 2 and <laughs> and uh uh that atomic blonde movie with charlie Theron, which Neither of those are perfect, but I think they have good stuff in them. Mm. Got to pick the nuggets out of it. You, you did like Deadpool 2, though, didn't you? Kind of. I think I said it was better than the first one. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> um, I also watched uh, Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. Same. I'll say this. I liked it, but I thought it was a big step down from the original Knives Out. I, I love the original Knives Out. This one, I was just like, it's okay. Did you watch it? No. You haven't watched it yet? I think it's worth a watch, but at the same time, like, I don't know what you thought. I thought, like, the first one, like, even though it had, like, characters with big personalities, it felt somewhat grounded. This one, I think, just because of the setting was so kind of weird. It, I don't know. It just... 
it, the whole movie felt a little weird to me. What I don't know. It was still, and, and also the 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 mystery wasn't set up as good as in the original Knives Out. The reveal wasn't uh, very exciting. I just I don't know. I I I liked it, but it didn't i didn't love it what what did you think of it yeah it was kind of meh i know you like don't, I don't like love the first mysteries one. to yeah. start with yeah you're not a mystery guy like i am um but um i know a lot of people like really loved it i'm like i i can't uh put it in 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 line with the first movie but um i also i i took the time to finish some like series that i have started but kind of were on my like list for a long time that I just like I need to finish this but I never did you know uh, so I finished Killing Eve uh, season 4 um, which the reason I hadn't finished it was because it started really slow that season and then it did get better as it went along but then uh, and I haven't looked this up for sure but it, you get to the last episode and it ends very abruptly like something happens and it just says the end so like I'm thinking like I'm guessing I watched the series finale um, I don't know for sure I didn't actually look it up but if that's the case I actually wouldn't recommend the series to people because I, I felt like that abrupt ending was just very unsatisfying <laughs> like there's good stuff in the series but like if that's the ending like I don't recommend going on the journey mm. <laughs> the destination is a disappointment um, I also finally finished that, uh, pen 15 series, which is a series where like two, like, you know, women in their thirties, like play like teenagers, like their teenage selves. Yeah. I watched a few of those. Here's the thing. Like it's, and it's only a two season show, so it's not like a huge time commitment, but I really liked the first season. Like I thought it was pretty funny, but eventually Especially in season two, I feel like it went too much into drama, uh, dramedy territory where mm-hmm. they're like less funny, more serious. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you should have just stuck with the jokes. Like it was, I don't know. I don't know. I thought it went downhill a little bit. It's, it's not terrible, but first season was definitely better. Um, okay, Lester, I know you and I both watched this movie, The Banshees of Inisharan. Yeah, it's interesting. It's probably a little slow for some people, but it's also. Uh, it's got some weird elements that keep you captivated. <laughs> well, the the reason I watched it is because it's uh, directed by I think the guy's name is Martin McDonough, the same guy that directed In Bruges, which is the movie I really like, and it has that same same actors too, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Right. So that same team. So I was like, I definitely want to watch this, and I definitely like this movie. I don't like it near as well as In Bruges, and I think the ending was kind of just it ended, you know. Well. I mean, the question how to end it, I guess that's a decent way to do it. But. I will say, though, like, there is some really – I really like the dialogue in this movie and, like, how – like, their accents and just how they talk. And I I actually thought the um, – for me, the standout was um, – I believe the actress's name is Carrie Condon, the, the the woman who plays Colin Farrell's sister. Right. I, I really thought she was great and she had some funny lines. Uh, but for anyone who hasn't watched it, basically Colin Farrell – uh, it's like 19, I think that it takes place in like 1923 off the, this island off of the like mainland of Ireland called uh, Inisharan. And like uh, Colin Farrell plays like this guy who's a nice guy, but a bit of a, like a simpleton, I guess. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> and he's got this guy that's been his longtime friend uh, played by Brendan Gleeson who, who's just, I guess a little more sophisticated, smarter, and he plays like the fiddle and things. And like one day, like at the beginning of the movie, he's just like, don't talk to me anymore. Like, and so he, he handled it like the worst possible way. <laughs> <laughs> the worst way to end a friendship. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it goes into some weird places. Uh, I won't spoil it for anybody, but like, um, I, I would still recommend watching it. It's got some amusing stuff in it. Um, if you haven't seen In Bruges, I definitely definitely see In Bruges first. It's a better movie. But uh, shout out to the Banshees of Inisherin. I I liked it. Um, so I did get you know HBO to watch like Doom Patrol, <clears throat> and I was like, well, if we're on the superhero train again, I might as well watch season two of Superman and Lois. Which I, I gotta say, 
I really enjoyed. Uh, I thought it was a very easy watch. The only thing both about Doom Patrol and Superman and Lois is they're probably not long to this earth. Like, because they've canceled, like, all the other, like, ongoing DC shows to make way for whatever they're doing. So, like, sadly, I think these shows are probably coming to a close. But honestly, like, Superman and Lois, like, it was easily better than any of the Marvel shows we reviewed last year. Well, HBO is higher quality in general, I think. Well, I mean, this is one of those shows that premieres on the CW first and then. Yeah. And some of those are of a, a, Very bad. a low quality. But this one I really like. I I recommend it to people. As long as it doesn't go like Supergirl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please, please don't go into Supergirl territory. Uh, no, this was an easy watch. Supergirl, <laughs> at least the last season of Supergirl, was not... And then lastly, I just started uh, watching Barry season three. Um, I like this show. I know a lot of people like put it on like their best of lists of television and stuff. I can't go that far. Um, like I've heard some people compare it to like Breaking Bad and I'm like, what are you doing? But uh, I, it is enjoyable. I saw one or two. I was having trouble getting into it. Couldn't get hooked on it. I, I've liked it. I've liked it just, you know, well enough to keep going. Um, let's see. All right, did you guys come up with anything else you've been watching? Yeah, I watched this show called The uh, Rise of Empires or something like that. It's a uh, it was basically time about to the, take your blood thinners. Uh, oh yeah. Were, it was about the about uh, Ottoman Turks like their invasion of uh Constantinople. It was kind of, it's kind of like a documentary mixed with like a a series like uh do they have like dramatic reenactments? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's really well acted, I thought, you know, for for anything like with a documentary in it where like people are actually like explaining like oh he did this and went this way and that way and brought this many men like it was it was well explained but it was also well acted so it was it was best of both worlds like that was really good i was captivated by it and uh i also watched uh murderville uh that's a show oh where they bring in like a guest uh host every Ooh. new episode right i thought about watching that once but then i never did did you like it yeah it was okay it was okay it's fun watching the new person squirm kind of like because uh, they kind of do like improv right? yeah yeah like they have like a loose like script or something yeah but but then they improv but the person who's uh the guest host doesn't have any script they're just like oh so they're totally gonna yeah. improv yeah so like they'll be like, so what do you see? And the guest host will be like, um, a dead body. <laughs> like I don't know. So yeah, it's it's pretty fun to see them work on their you know on their feet like that. Who was uh, out of the episodes you watched? Who was like the best guest host? Uh, I'd say Kumail Nanjiani. He's he's just a funny guy. I think just a fun person. To know. Didn't uh, Conan O'Brien do an episode? Uh, I'm not. He might have. I, I'm not sure which episode he did. I didn't see that one. Oh, okay. It's it's a good like premise for a show, yeah. but I guess it's all dependent on like how good the improvisers exactly, are. Exactly, you know? yeah, it's all up to that person. So that uh, Rise of Empires or whatever it was, um, that's some you said because uh, I heard you and your sister talking about this show because she really liked it too. It's somewhat about like Vlad Dracula or whatever, like the that guy that the Dracula two. guy like mythos is kind of based on. Yeah, yeah. Like, didn't he like? Wasn't he kind of famous? Maybe I'm wrong about this, but didn't he like put a bunch of like heads on pikes to like scare people? He put people? people on pikes. Like he put them from anus to like up to their shoulder. Ooh. That's how the pike would come through them. So I mean, thousands and thousands of people, men, women, and children. He was. He put a he impaled a bunch of people. I can see why that kind of like violence would like cre- create like a mythos around oh, yeah. that guy, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, if he had won, he probably would have been seen as a hero. Nobody would be talking about the savage stuff he did. <laughs> but because he lost, like everybody knows him as like, you know, the savage, bloodthirsty, you know, evil guy. <laughs> can you imagine walking through one of those areas? The first thing in your mind would be like, I need to get the fuck out of this place. Yeah, for sure. Like, this is not a place for me. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a t- uh, an intimidation tactic that would work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you were going to fight, though, you'd be like, I need to die in this fight. <laughs> I don't need to have yeah. some fucking post shoved up my asshole. Yeah, I mean, when once you do a stunt like that, you're like, all right, it's it's all or nothing now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Eventually, like... Uh, he he ran off to like the countryside like he he tried to you know form another army but they uh he was hunted down like years later 13 years after his last battle with the ottomans and he was just killed like you know unceremoniously his head was displayed on a pike but uh man i mean 
back then it's it's crazy like people would go to war for anything like they got thousands of people to like line up behind him for a war that they were definitely going to lose <laughs> you know i don't know people just were willing to die for much smaller things back then i feel like now we'll only go to war for meaningful things like oil and money <laughs> oil and gold oil and gold isn't like uh, i mean I guess this isn't a surprise, but there's always shitty stuff going on in the Middle East. But, like, isn't there, like, Iran, like, be- really bad stuff going on in Iran right now? I don't know. I'm way out of the loop. Yeah, it's, like, protests and stuff like that. Like, the government is cracking down on protesters. Yeah, I feel like the government's killing, like, a lot of protesters over there. Yeah, a lot of college students, I think. Well, they're having eternal strife and yeah, trying to recapture women's rights. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they do treat women like shit over there. Mm. Uh-oh, we've been demonetized a million times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we figured out the algorithm. <laughs> Let's just create a YouTube where you can post. <laughs> it's like it's it's exactly like YouTube, but you can curse as much as you want. Your channel's cares. just called demonetized. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to make your money on your internal uh, uh, plugs. Sponsorships, yeah. Well, guys, before we get into stories, do you guys got any other TV shows or just like st- good stories you want to, or you know, personal stuff from the last couple of weeks uh, you think would be entertaining? Yeah, there's a uh, there's a basketball team in China called the uh, Goyang Carrot Jumpers. <laughs> that sounds racist. <laughs> Did you win your bet? <laughs> I don't think I won with that. <laughs> I want to see their mascot. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Carrot jumpers. Like, this thing is too good to lose. <laughs> the thing of it is, is like... Nobody calls them ca- like carrot jumpers as a slur. So, like, it sounds like a slur. <laughs> we should just, like, I want every team to have a name that sounds like it might be a slur, but isn't. <laughs> it's like, we finally did away with the Redskins. <laughs> now we're the carrot jumpers. <laughs> well, isn't there a college team called the Cotton Pickers? I don't, I've never heard of that. Yeah, I don't think that would fly. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> There's the Tar Heels. Mm. Which, what's the origin of that? That know. sounds vaguely racist as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, guys, uh, should we get into story time? Mm. Stories. All right. Well, anybody uh, who has not listened to us before uh, or watched us, we're basically going to go around. Everybody's going to bring a, a wacky news story from around the globe to the table, and we'll just see if we can't make something funny and or entertaining out of it. And as tradition dictates, I believe, AJ, we usually start with you, so what do you got for us? World's first heartless human was able to live without a pulse. In recent years, modern medicine has provided us with everything from new vaccines to protect us from deadly diseases through... through to groundbreaking cancer treatments. Uh, it's provided us with hope on countless occasions, including back in 2011 when doctors unveiled a machine that would allow, or that could allow, a human to live without a heart, one of the body's most important organs. Uh, after decades of trial and error among surgeons desperately trying to create a machine that I'm guessing break, mostly error. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that wouldn't break uh, down or cause blood clots or infections. Uh, two doctors at the Texas Heart Institute developed a device that used whirling rot- rotors to pump blood around the body without a heartbeat. Uh, Dr. Billy Cohn and Dr. Buzz Frazier uh, first tested the idea in an eight-month-old calf called Abigail, removing her heart and successfully replacing it with two centrifugal or centrifugal pumps, uh, which circulated the blood through her. By every metric we have to, anal- to analyze patients, uh, she's not living. But here you can see she's a vigorous, happy, playful calf licking my hand. After practicing on 38 calves, Cohn and Fraser progressed to human trials, selecting a 55-year-old man called Craig Lewis who was suffering from amyloidosis, uh, a rare autoimmune disease that causes a buildup of abnormal proteins, in turn rapid heart kidney and liver failure 
uh, Lewis, Lewis's heart had become so damaged that doctors gave him about 12 hours to live, at which point his wife, Linda, suggested something drastic. His wife, Linda, said he wanted to live and he didn't want to lose him. And we didn't want to lose him. Uh, you never know how much time you have, but it was worth it. Um, Dr. Cohn and Fraser. Uh, oh, it's just a picture. In March 2011, she approached Cohn and Fraser, uh, who removed her husband's heart and installed the artificial device. Linda said, I listened, and it was a hum, which is amazing. He didn't have a pulse. Uh, she said her husband, who worked for the city of Houston, maintaining the city's vast system of water pumps, uh, wastewater pumps, uh, would have appreciated the pulseless heart cobbled together from various materials, uh, with Cone explaining Dacron on the inside and fiberglass impregnated uh, in silicone on the outside. Uh, there's a moderate amount of homemade stuff on here. The doctor said the continuous flow pump should last longer than other artificial hearts and would cause f- fewer problems. We look at all the animals, insects, fish, reptiles, and certainly all mammals, and see a pulsatile circulation. Uh, and so all the early research and all the efforts were directed at making pulsatile pumps. Uh, the only reason blood has to be pumped rhythmically instead of continuously is down to the heart tissue. Uh, Cohn continued, the pulsatility of the flow is essential for the heart because it can only get nourishment in between heartbeats. If you remove that from the system, none of the other organs seem to care much. After the procedure, Lewis woke up and began to recover. However, his condition began to de- then began to deteriorate as the disease attacked his liver and kidneys, and he sadly passed away in April that, le- that year. Uh, but he did manage to live for more than a month with the <clears throat> pulseless heart, uh, with his doctor saying the pumps had worked flawlessly. Hmm. I will say I've always thought like our body bodies like the heart like it's like a big design flaw like that's what always gives out on people is the heart. Yeah. It, it seems like our bodies should be designed in in a better way where we can just uh, like if our blood didn't have to circulate, wouldn't we better be better off? Like how do you how is your blood not gonna circulate? <laughs> I don't know, like, we're just, like, f- full of blood and it doesn't have to continually, like, be <laughs> oxygenated and changed. I don't know how it would work, but... Yeah, I mean, we're just one big, like, chemical reaction yeah. going on. I don't know. It just seems like a, a bad idea. But you know what? I'm I'm glad they are working on this. Although, wouldn't it be so weird to be alive and have no pulse? Yeah, it would. Like, it just is one continuous stream of blood moving. Yeah. And there's no, like, bo-bum, bo-bum. That yeah. does seem weird. I wonder if, like... That's, how, how, that's what happens in vampires. Yeah. I wonder if the hum is like loud enough to hear. Like, yeah. What if that would actually change how humans behaved or something? Like, just the difference in that. Does he? Does he like have to have like a lithium battery in there? Like, how do they power this thing? I mean, I assume there is some sort of battery because that's a lot of work pumping blood around. I would think. <clears throat> but it sounds like it's just like these little like you know motors or something that can huh. keep uh, keep it flowing, but. You know, any, any breakthrough is good. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad they're working on this stuff because, like, heart failure is like the most common form of death. I think, right? Mm. It's up there. And when I was a kid, it was like number one in America. I think it still might be. I mean, there's a lot of things that can lead to heart failure. I guess so. Like, but yeah, and a lot of people just have heart disease. You know, mm. I think women too. Like, heart failure is like the number one killer or whatever. Pretty much everybody. Yeah. All right. Uh, should we go to the the first manifesto entry of the year? Well, this is probably the best one. So, um, a little close to home, Gresham, which is basically a suburb of Portland. Uh, so, Gresham story: a 25 year old attacked this elderly guy who was like 78 years old at a Max station, pins him down. Before the police can get there, the guy has eaten his ear and part of his face. Holy crap! People could see his skull. Before the police got there. Yikes. I mean, how... I'm sure they didn't hear this story. How horrifying is that? That's straight up like zombie shit just happening in real life. Yeah. (laughs) It's awful. (laughs) Portland is like ground zero for the zombie apocalypse. (laughs) We found patient zero. Don't eat old people. (laughs) They explain like why he did that? Uh, They said he was being checked for drugs, but it's got to be drugs or mental issues. He said... Apparently he said something like... He thought he was a robot or something. It's like, which, why would you, 
chew into a robot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the logic was, and I'm guessing it was a little short. <laughs> <laughs> is is Gresham kind of a shithole? It has that kind of reputation. It's kind of like a little more seedy. Yeah, it's the ghetto of Portland. Well, uh, when I was uh, uh, working for H and R Block, <clears throat> like. Occasionally, like some of their other offices would be like low on people, so they would like farm me out for a day to like one of those. And like one of them, I had to, I don't know if it was in Gresham or we just passed by Gresham or whatever, but I just remember it did look like the shittiest part of town I've ever seen. And the, it, we went by like one of those, um, um, strip clubs that look like a strip club you would never want to fucking go to <laughs> like i can't even imagine the lineup they have in there like, it cannot be good. just looking yeah at the window. it looked like cockeyed it looked like such a shithole that i'm like oh my god i can't imagine what people are seeing inside there i love those ones that are just like a dumpy little like one bedroom house and you're like, oh, yeah. well, I know about this place. <laughs> yeah, I, I passed by some of those too where I saw signs and I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, like, like Portland has the most strip clubs of anywhere. And you're like, yeah, but no. no, no, no. <laughs> I don't like, know if I call probably, it a club. Probably, probably don't want to visit some of those. <laughs> a strip apartment. Yeah. <laughs> strip apotamus. <laughs> uh yeah, I've seen signs for some of those, and I'm like, ugh, I can't even imagine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those like um, business signs that's like 50 years old and is like rusty and falling apart. You're like, okay. They've that's, been in business since 1942. <laughs> that's like half the strip clubs here. Like, They're located in the weirdest places. Yeah, just super seedy. Yeah. Uh, this is shady. the shadiest strip clubs I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> 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 Maybe we should uh, do like a thing where we review every stream of <laughs> Bad times. <laughs> the food was terrible. <laughs> Tasted so, like ass. The yeah. thing is, driving with the Uber, I always had these clients like, oh, they have the best like steak bites <laughs> and shit like that. And you're like, <laughs> steak them. Oh my God. <laughs> well, one of them, like, I we know. We got Lunchables. <laughs> there's one close to your work, the Acropolis, and they, they have, they serve like steak, but apparently, like, the owner owns a strip club and also is like a, like a, a butcher. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm selling meat one way or the other. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I gotta get rid of all this steak. <laughs> I'll just hire me some titties. That'll uh, move some problems. He's like, how, how am I going to mo- get rid of this like third-rate steak? I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you move any product. <laughs> you get naked women to dance, you can move anything. Well, that was a sexy story, and I got another sexy story for us. <laughs> Grandpa causes hospital evacuation by showing up with a World War I shell up his butt. Oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> You know, this just uh, just fell up there somehow. <laughs> he was like, he was feeling nostalgic. <laughs> there are some stories that even uh, we at Audi, that's Audi.com, the source of the story, couldn't make up if we tried. This is one of those. A French hospital was recently evacuated due to a threat of high explosives. That sounds awful, but hold on a second. It wasn't a bomb threat. The situation was serious, though, from a medical standpoint. That's because the explosives were in someone's butt. An 88-year-old man showed up at the hospital and reported to the doctors that he suffered from a bizarre condition. He stated that there was a World War I-era artillery shell lodged firmly up his ass, and he couldn't get it out. What was the hospital staff supposed to do? Before they could evacuate the buried shell, they had to call the bomb squad and evacuate half the hospital in case there was a fire in the hole. <laughs> Fortunately, all's well that ends well. I, I do like the writer of this. They're getting in some good puns. The shell was harmless, and the doctor safely pulled it out of the oxygenarian rectum. Uh, this bizarre medical case happened in the city of Toulon, a picturesque port city on the French Riviera. On the evening of Saturday, December 17th, our adventurous old man arrived at the hospital. We're prepared to bet that the hospital staff wasn't prepared for the answer uh, when they asked the man what his issue is. He promptly informed them that he had stu- uh that he had an artillery shell from World War I stuck in his anus and he wasn't able to remove it himself. 
The hospital staff was flabbergasted. According to a number of the staff, uh, they're uh, used to extracting all kinds of things out of people's intestines, but this was the first high explosive. An apple, a mango, or even a can of shaving foam, we are used to finding unusual objects inserted where they shouldn't be, the hospital worker uh, told Var uh, Mateen. But a shell? Never, they exclaimed. There most likely were a couple of follow-up questions, including, are you serious, and how did it get in there? We don't know how it got in there, by the way. French media hasn't reported how the shell ended up in the man's uh, butt. We're sure uh, we can all use our imaginations, though. Um... It rarely, what? It rarely comes out where it went in. Uh, naturally, the doctors had to take the shell out from where the sun doesn't shine. But first, they had to take a pr- appropriate precautions should the man develop explosive stomach issues. The hospital management organized an immediate partial evacuation of the premises. Incoming patients were diverted to other hospitals, and only the gynecology, maternity, and intensive care services remained operational. To make sure that those staying at the hospital were safe, the staff set up a separate tent outside the main facilities to take care of the man. We then had to treat our atypical patient who immediately assured us that the shell was deactivated, the hospital staff member said. Uh, they couldn't take any risks, uh, though, so they called in the bomb squad. Fortunately, once the explosive experts arrived, they quickly agreed that the shell couldn't explode. Instead, a live round, the shell, uh, instead of a live round, the shell was deactivated. Um, a commemorative item France handed out to Poilus, or French infantrymen who fought in World War I. Um, the doctors could then proceed to remove the shell. Unfortunately for the old man, they couldn't just pull it out. It required extensive surgery. It rarely comes out uh, where it went in, the hospital staff member noted. It seemed like it would almost always come out. Where it <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Unless they actually had to like cut into his they intestines. Gave him a C-section. Uh, surgeon successfully removed the 7-inch long, 3.5-inch diameter shell from within the man's guts. According to media reports, the oxygenarian is in good health and expected to make a full recover. Bizarrely enough, a nearly identical event happened almost exactly a year ago. <laughs> in December 2021, a man in England arrived at a hospital with an artillery shell inside his anus. <laughs> Old people getting artillery stuck up <laughs> In that case, too, the staff called the bomb squad to the premise to assess the danger. After being told there was no risk, they pulled out the shell. The difference was that the shell uh, was from World War II in the English case. Perhaps shoving things up your butt is uh, some shared English-French holiday tradition. But whether it is or not, for the love of all things good, stop using military-grade explosives to explore your body uh, cavities. This rivalry has gone too far. (laughs) (laughs) They're out anal (laughs) ammunitioning each other. I don't know. (laughs) Um, what was that? Was it the War of the Roses, that really long war between the English and the French? Or it sounds it? right. <laughs> They're starting now. It's the, the the war of like who can shove the biggest like <laughs> military shell up their ass. It's a competition each year, oh. a Christmas uh, <laughs> tradition. England struck first, France struck last. <laughs> You know the Germans are going to get on. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> when is America going to enter this one? There'll be two Germans with one artillery piece yeah. stuck in both their ass. <laughs> Microatomic bomb. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Honestly, like, number one, like, where are they getting these? And, like... <laughs> yeah. Like, you think they felt too ashamed to, like, go buy, like, one of those butt plug things? <laughs> like, no, that's embarrassing. I don't want to be seen in there. And, like, they're too old to use the internet, so they're like, what was my alternative? <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't go buy it to the dildo store. That's that's embarrassing. <laughs> Why I'm would t- I spend money on a butt plug? <laughs> I've got this perfectly good artillery shell just sitting here on the shelf for 80 years. <laughs> yeah, my co- commemorative shell from the war. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for everything, Churchill. <laughs> <laughs> you think he was thinking about the good old days when he was shoving it up there? <laughs> um, well, that was my story. AJ, do you got a second one for us for this week? Man, that was brutal. <laughs> right. What's our time? Oh, we got another about 20 minutes or so. 
20 minutes. <laughs> this one's uh, this one's rough. Medical examiner says the worst death she has seen in, is the case of a man who was thrown down a manhole into boiling water. Oh, I thought you were going to say a guy whose artillery shell went off. <laughs> <laughs> At least that would be fast. <laughs> what you consider to be the worst day, way to die is ultimately going to be subjective. Uh, so for, some might fear enclosed spaces, and so getting trapped in a cave might be their top choice. But I think we can all agree that getting thrown down a manhole into boiling water would suck really bad. Uh, just so you know, this isn't a hypothetical scenario. This actually happened to a poor soul, as revealed by a New York medical examiner who went into detail about why this was the worst death, uh, worst death she's come across. Needless to say, there are things about Things are about to get pretty gruesome from here on, so be warned. Uh, Dr. Judy Melanick is a former medical examiner, having chosen the Big Apple to pursue her career over L.A. Uh, speaking to the New York Post about why she opted for the city, she explained that she was told by her chief resident, if you really want to learn forensic pathology, do a rotation in New York City. All kinds of great ways to die there. Uh, she said the case of Sean Doyle gave her the worst nightmares. Uh, but there's only, uh, but there's one thing that, there's one that really sticks out to Melanick, and that is the case of Sean Doyle. The worst nightmares I have had in my two years at OCME came after I performed the postmortem examination of Sean Doyle. Uh, although she is often asked about the worst way to die, uh, she only, she replies, uh, you don't want to know. Uh, but when people really insist, she goes into the story of Doyle, a bartender who went out drinking with his friend Michael Wright and Wright's girlfriend back in 2002. It's believed the pair got into a fight after his friend Doyle accused of, accused of, uh, after his friend accused Doyle of flirting with his partner. Uh, although the details of the argument are murky, what we do know is that the night ended with the bartender being thrown around 18 feet into an open manhole. Due to a broken mane, there was scalding, boiling hot water at the bottom. Sean Doyle ended up down a manhole with boiling water at the bottom. Uh, now brace yourselves. You see, Boyle didn't pass away straight away. On the contrary, even when emergency services turned up, he was still alive and standing at the bottom, shouting and screaming for help. But the post states that no one could get down there, and as an official said, it was around 300 degrees, 148 degrees Celsius. Uh, it took four hours before Doyle's body, uh, boiled body, was retrieved, with temperature reading, readings showing it had reached 125 degrees Celsius, uh, degrees, 51 degrees Celsius. Uh, although Melanick said it was likely higher, as 125 was the max reading of the thermometer. By the time the remains reached the doctor's autopsy table, she realized Doyle's skin had completely peeled off and his internal organs were cooked. Damn. She said it looked like he had been steamed like a lobster. Uh, since he had no head trauma or broken bones, it meant he was fully conscious as he suffered his horrific fate. And if that weren't bad enough, uh, TikToker Tales by Angie shared a video on the case in which he said... Uh, what makes this the worst death ever is that steam burns, no matter how severe, do not destroy destroy nerve endings the way flam flames do, which means Sean would have felt everything. Uh, first responders were unable to retrieve Doyle before he died. Uh, if that doesn't give you nightmares, I don't know what will. As for what happened to Wright, reports at the time state that he was charged with second-degree murder, although it's not listed online. One person pointed out the fact that Wright's girlfriend said they were just roughhousing, meaning the manhole incident was likely just an accident. Uh, an accident that ended in arguably the most horrific death New York has ever seen. And that's why you don't fuck with another man's woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the moral of the story. <laughs> no, but that, that is gruesome. I'm yeah. not, let's go back to talk about old man shoving things up the castle. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised that like CSI hasn't done like a rip from the headlines of a guy that's spoiled to death. Yeah. Maybe they have. I don't know. Yeah, I would think those shows definitely must have covered this by some point. But yeah, that's I've, – I've always heard that like, you know – burning to death is like the worst death and it's probably up there but it sounds like maybe being steamed to death would be yeah. even worse yeah. i don't know how you could stand there it seems like you'd be like panic and just like try to run downstream or something but i thought like manholes had like like ladders going up and down or something yeah i thought so too i think they do i mean depending on the situation i guess he could still just fall down it and like not catch the ladder or something i don't know yeah i don't know but <laughs> Not a good way to go. Although, it says like the most gruesome death in, in New York 
history. I bet there's some up there. Yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of murders and sh- shit. Yeah. yeah. Man, I was reading, you know, Iceman. Oh, or, right, right. Where he'd, like, tie people up and throw them in a cave and they'd be eaten alive by rats. That, that I didn't be, know he did that That to can't people. be too good. Mm-mm. That can't be a good one. That reminds me of, like, that medieval punishment where they would, like, take a rat and, like, put it up against your stomach. But it was in Game of Thrones. It. Game of Thrones, they showed it. They put the rats up against people's stomach and they'd light a fire on one end and the rat would run towards the other and try to claw at the stomach. Uh, I saw a long time ago a thing on that Iceman guy. And he said sometimes he would, he would like, um, there was some sort of poison and he would pretend like he accidentally, like, spilled his drink on somebody. But it was like this poison that would absorb through people's skin yeah, and I, kill them. I, I remember that. It sounds like he used it a couple of different ways. I think it was just like a normal one. It was like, what is it? It's the one that makes you seem, it looks like you had a heart attack. I don't know if it's strychnine or arsenic, arsenic or, or something. Yeah. But it's scary that there's just something that can like do yeah. that. You know? Oops. And then like, they and just walk away and you die. You know, it's probably a uh, smart way of killing people because like who could, you know, but it'd be hard to trace it back to you, yeah. you know, if you're just in a bar. Like, most bars probably don't have cameras going all the time. I don't know. Yeah, it sounded like they'd also put, like, one in a spray. So, you know, like, the little breathalyzer things. You just come by and square somebody in the face and walk away, and they die. Yeah, I'm surprised people that kill people don't always use that method. Chemicals like that are scary because, like, what if I accidentally leak a couple drops on myself or yeah. something? <laughs> I guess you take that risk, but... It's going to be a lot safer than shooting somebody. Yeah. You ever heard that story about, like, the CIA made, like, a heart attack gun? Oh. Where it's just, I think it's just, like, maybe air-powered, and it shoots a little pellet in you or something, and then, like, it looks like you had a heart attack. Like, same kind of concept. No, I heard about the diarrhea gun. <laughs> I heard of the one that melts your brain. I don't know. There's some fucked up shit out there. Mm. Yeah, the government, man, they make some, some scary shit. I mean, I, uh, on A Thousand Ways to Die, I saw one of them, like, there was, like, a suitcase this guy was holding, and uh, it was, like, a assassination tool, because if he aimed it at the person on stage, uh, it would kill them after a few minutes or some amount of time. Like, there was some sort of beam coming out from the suitcase oh. that was going towards that person. So, uh, yeah, this guy, his whole thing, or, I, or was it the guy on stage who killed him? One, one killed the other, yeah. and, like, he was on a date, and... Uh, yeah, it was during the date that somebody dropped dead. We are going to eventually just kill ourselves, aren't we? <laughs> In hey, some that's, way. That's what humanity is. We're just <laughs> looking for the cleverest way to kill each other. <laughs> All righty, manifesto round two. Hey, I'm Ryan Loshai. Have you guys uh, heard about this Andrew Tate story? Oh. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> so the thing is, like, his whole thing is, like, being a huge piece of shit so people will, like, follow him or whatever, right? Yeah. But he was a kickboxer or something at one point. Yeah. But, uh, so I guess he used to live in the UK, but he moved to, where, where was this? Somewhere in like Eastern Europe? Yeah, Romania or Romania. something. It's something random. I think he's originally from America, and then he, he moved to there. the UK, and then he moved to Romania. Okay, but like, um, apparently at one point he'd said something like he was moving there because, uh, Something about the UK's rape laws being too strict yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, like it's a horrible statement anyway. But like, I mean, I've heard the theory that this is like a persona this guy's adopted just to get publicity. And like, I don't know how much of that's true. But like, even if that's your decision is to just like create this awful character to make money, you're still a pretty big piece of shit at that point. He's, he's harming so many young men, you know, their their mentality by yeah pushing them. Just the exposure to someone like that is yeah. uh, not good for you. Well, I was first introduced to this guy on the Your Mom's House podcast because they found some videos of him. Just saying. Where he was, yeah, he was basically saying all this like misogynist stuff, right. what he expects out of women and all this stuff. And then eventually they actually had him on the show. And like, I don't know, like, if part of it is he's like Putting intentionally right. like being villainous to get attention, but he does seem like a huge piece of shit. Like, yeah. if you watch that interview, like, uh, under that like fake huge piece of shit, there's another like yes, real piece of shit. Yes, you can, you can definitely tell he's a piece of shit. Um, and also, like, he mentions, like, God in that interview. Like, he is, like, this religious guy. Because, of course, he is, you know. <laughs> but, um, or at least somewhat pretends to be religious or whatever. But, like, um, 
Yeah, people should watch that interview because, like, he just – you can tell the guy's a scumbag. And also, he, he has these, um, like, online classes that he sells right. for big bucks. Right, that um, – it's like Hustler University or something. Something, yeah, where he supposedly, like, teaches men, like, you know – the, the the secrets to, to success to or whatever yeah to be a huge piece of shit but then like he goes to this romania or wherever i think mostly um either to escape shit he's already done or because there's lax laws about like you know women and stuff right he can just that's what he was looking for and like there's videos of him with all these like you know quote unquote girlfriends who knows what well, well, I mean, it's I mean, it's a, a well-known playbook, right? Straight from those like shitty commercials in like the 80s where it's like mm. you want to have cars like this and women like this. <laughs> you need to do this. You need to buy my course. I will say from that interview though, you can you can tell he's definitely like an ambitious guy. Right. And like can be like a hard-working guy and that's why he got like so good at kickboxing and right. all that kind of stuff and he, like he also talked about his dad i think he said his dad was like this guy that was like really like great at chess and stuff and like his dad like taught him these lessons about like you know not um like these laws like you know are for basically like stupid people or something right, you know okay. what i mean like it, it seemed like his dad definitely like influenced him to be kind of this creep <laughs> in a way you know now he's out there influencing others yeah if he now now this most recent thing is like he, he did that video where he like i guess i didn't watch the video but apparently the whole thing was just so he could make fun of that greta Thun, Thun, yeah, they, were, they were having some kind of back and forth feud and then the, the I guess he was like wanted for like possible human trafficking or something. Well, and, that's the charges. Yeah. And the police like uh, found out where he is from looking at his pizza box. I think mm-hmm. they discredited that, but that was a theory. But yeah, it's um well in the middle of that feud, like he got arrested, and then it's like, well, are the police possibly corrupt? Or are these possible like real charges? You know, and like you're kind of like, well, neither would really surprise me, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, amazing, uh, amazing case study, one way or the other. Mm-hmm. He's definitely a guy that thinks the law doesn't apply to him. Yeah, and he should be able to do whatever he wants. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that comes out. But then again, I'm like, even if you're maybe convicted of doing something terrible in Romania, like, what are their laws like? Yeah. Like, I'm sure he'll just be free in no time. <laughs> yeah, if he's got money, he could probably pay his way out of it. And that's the, the other thing. Like, he makes, like, so much. He's He was already rich, and then, like, with those scam classes he runs and stuff, mm. he, he gets just buckets of money, you know. Well, yeah. Does that mean I have to come up with another story? We'll, we'll see more and more. <laughs> if you live long enough, you'll see more of these stories. <laughs> okay, uh, one last story for the day. <laughs> So this is about a, I guess, a new law uh, that's that's uh, being passed in Louisiana, and like we'll get to. It. I think it's one of the easiest laws that would be easy to get around, but it's it just seems like so regressive and stupid. <clears throat> um, you now have to show your ID to watch porn in Louisiana. Louisiana residents looking to treat the funk of the morning after New Year's with a date with Mrs. Palm and her five daughters uh, were in for a surprise. Instead of online smut, their browsers displayed a mind-boggling message. Trying to access porn sites in Louisiana now brings up a request to submit your ID for review. That's thanks to a new law that came into effect in the Pelican State on January 1st, 2023. House Bill number 142 now requires pornographic websites to verify their users' ages with a government-issued ID. According to the law, if 33.3% uh, or more of a website's content consists of naughty materials, it shall be held liable if the entity fails to perform reasonable age verification methods to verify the age of individuals attempting to access the material. If they don't, the legislation states that individuals can sue the website for damages resulting from a minor's accessing of the material. So the state of Louisiana won't be shutting the sites down, but they may set themselves up for lawsuits. You might be somewhat hesitant to link your official ID to your favorite porn site account. It's okay, though. The law prohibits any parties performing the age verification from retaining any identification information. (laughs) 
Sure. Um, the goal of the law, as you may have guessed, is to protect underage children from being exposed to what it calls material harmful to minors. The text, however, makes it very clear that the law is aimed primarily at pornography. Pornography is creating a public health crisis and having a corroding influence on minors. Pornography contributes to the hypersexualization of teens and prepubescent children and may lead to low self-esteem, body image disorders, and an increase in problematic sexual activity at younger ages. An increased desire among adolescents to engage in risky sexual behavior. The text continues to state that porn may also impact brain development and functioning and lead to deviant sexual arousal, among other uh, maladies. The mastermind of the law is Representative uh, Lori Schlegel. Uh, she seems the most unre- uh, sees the mostly unrestricted access to online porn as a serious risk. Quote, online pornography is extreme and graphic and only one click away from our children. This is not your daddy's playboy, Representative Schlegel wrote on Twitter. And if pornography can, uh, companies refuse to be responsible, then we must hold them accountable. This law is the first step. This article goes on a lot longer, but wouldn't a VPN easily let you go around this law? Yeah. That, that's usually how people get around, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if that passed, like, this is the very same day, be like, huh, VPN usage is up 95%. Oh, I guarantee VPN sales hit skyrocketed in Louisiana. You think that's why they passed it? Maybe, like, VPN companies were like, hey, uh, we need more customers. That's true. You know they would lobby for these kind of yeah. laws. I mean, I would do that before I would give my ID. Because I used to see VPN commercials. I still see them for every, like, oh, all, yeah, the, all time. the time. Yeah. And like, I'm you like, you get free ones now. It's not, I mean, it's nothing. They're, I mean, they're cheap anyway. Even the ones that aren't Our free. Subscription, like, yeah. Yeah, they're like two ninety nine a month yeah, or something. Yeah, they're not much. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but it, <laughs> I don't know. They're just, they're, <sighs> something about it, like, and, and they're like, oh, you don't have to worry, like, at the same time, I, right. like, would you be comfortable, like, putting your government ID into a right. system like that? I wouldn't. I wouldn't trust them. And I'm not even, like, a big, like, conspiracy theorist, but, like, right. the NSA already has you on, like, porn watch list. <laughs> Problem. Yeah, let me just identify myself to this <laughs> porn company real quick. <laughs> Where were you on April 31st? <laughs> Liar. <laughs> <laughs> We know you were watching, like, uh, <laughs> Ass Blasters Volume 9. <laughs> Come on. It might, although maybe, like, <laughs> that maybe, like, uh, that would stop you from being wrongly, like, convicted of another crime. <laughs> like, you know I was here watching this. <laughs> Exonerate me. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, I get them, like, wanting to try to, like, stop kids from watching porn. But... I don't think that's going to work anyway. Kid, yeah. Actually, kids are probably smart enough to install a free VPN or something on their own. Well, I yeah. mean, if you look at school and like every kid has a smartphone, it's like some your kid's going to know somebody. Yeah. That and that, yeah, that's the other thing is like even if if you're strict about like you know monitoring your kids and stuff, they know somebody. Yeah, there's somebody, and, and it's just it's one of those things that's that's going to happen, you know. Yeah, there's there's always a cousin, you know. Like in right. school, there was always like, oh, my big cousin showed me this. My right, cousin, there's always somebody. Yeah. <laughs> there's a kid with like one of those like terabyte hard drives. <laughs> hey guys, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thirty there, cents of you. There are some kids who are in in the thick of it, and they're like, <laughs> you shouldn't be living that life. Right. Like <laughs> this kid has seen too much for his young <laughs> eyes you know? yeah. man i was listening to this podcast like a while ago and i forget who the guest was probably some sort of comedian or something but he said when he was like a teenager like him and his friends like one of his friends had like some pornography so like they all like <laughs> basically like <laughs> jerked off in the same room like the, he said they, they like 
put blankets over themselves, but they like all knew they were like <laughs> jerking off, you know. Uh-huh. And they just kind of, he said, would like try to like block out, ignore <laughs> yeah, like right. all the jerking off like going on right by. Them. <laughs> I'm like, even when I was a teenager and like I would have been like curious about like porn and stuff. No way would I have done that. <laughs> no way. Who's up for a group jerk? <laughs> Actually, uh, when I was in boot camp, uh, I was like 17. Uh, there was this, so we were all in this like one big barracks, right? And, uh, there's two sides of it. There's probably about 24 people on each side of the barracks. And, uh, we're all in bed. It's time to go to sleep. And, uh, the drill instructor, he's like walking around just, you know, like doing his rounds, you know? And like, uh, he sees one kid and he goes, quit jerking off, boy. And the, the, the guy goes, sir, yes, sir. <laughs> or, sir, I, sir, or something. <laughs> <laughs> like I gotta go do my my rounds and make sure no one's drinking off. <laughs> you drinking off, boy? You know those guys hate their job too. Yeah, I don't know. Some of them might. <laughs> like you have to be a great A piece of shit to love it. And I'm sure some of them do. Yeah, because there's plenty of pieces of shit out there. But at the same time, you deal with some shit and hours that are just awful. Yeah. <laughs> like the you're living a life to make you angry. To just take it out on other people. <laughs> he like sneaks back in at like 3 a.m. with like night vision going <laughs> And he finds some poor Nobody bastard. Nobody better like, be jerking. You jerking up? <laughs> Wakes everybody up. <laughs> You're all going to do push-ups or jerk off the goo over here. <laughs> Let's get that jerk off hand nice and tight. <laughs> <laughs> push-ups again billy <laughs> this is on you again <laughs> well if you guys enjoy stories of jerking off we hope you had a good time on this inaugural 2023 edition of the stand-up guys podcast uh in all seriousness we do thank everybody who who watched last year we hope you continue this year uh make sure to recommend us to all your your friends and family please uh subscribe to the youtube channel and uh on your podcast service of choice uh leave us uh fun comments uh thumbs up all that good uh stuff everybody on every podcast ever talks about and why not while it's still a thing come over and visit us on twitter guys where can people find you on the twitter Uh, a name for this too and that's number two at unsolicited sug, and you can of course find me at Zach Jones Live. That's Z A C H J O N E S L I V E, and that is going to do it for all of our shenanigans and poppycock uh, today. <laughs> please, please, please tune in again next week. Bye, guys. Take care. Have a good one.